0: Good morning, good afternoon, (laughs) happy Thursday,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: happy Thursday, Uh, it's a good day, it's a a very um, sweet Mm -hmm. day for us so far, we have connected with Mm -hmm. God this morning and prepared what we feel Mm -hmm. is going to be a very, hopefully a very impacting message and in time. Um, It's my desire this morning that more than anything, we just commune with each other and with God. Yes. And uh, if we accomplish that, then we are good. Yes. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for spending time out of your day. Um, Maybe you don't have anything else to do, but nonetheless, thank you for spending time with us. Um, This means the world to us. You know, not being in the church, in the building, has left such a void that this has kind of scratched the itch a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, We still get to see your guys' faces in the comments and and Mm -hmm. prayers and connect in some way. And it's very important. Do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. So, um, as a family, as brothers and sisters let's worship the father father god we thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence to be in this position of worship of praise Mm -hmm. and lord we ask that you come and inhabit our praises Mm -hmm. you are so good you are so amazing Mm -hmm. you are wonderful you are beautiful glorious you're matchless Mm -hmm. none can compare And Father God, we seek more than anything your presence. We want to dine with you. We want to commune with you, Lord. And we ask that as we reflect on what you faced in this time, when you were on this earth, that you instill in us a discipline and a faith, a longing for your word. As a deer panteth for water, so our souls panteth after thee. Yes. Let our souls long for you, Father God. We thank you, we love you.
2: And one thing I say, and only this I see. Just to dwell, dwell around, here forever. My posture and lay at your feet, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. Dearest father, and closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful. Father. you Verdade e sua... No longer slave to fear, for I am a child. There is none that compares to you. You're more real than the ground I'm standing
0: build our house on the rock that is Christ Jesus. We repent, Lord, of everything in our hearts, every thought in our minds that does not align itself with you, God, creating us a clean heart, God, renewing us a right spirit. presence never leave us, Lord. It's what we desire, God. To be with you, to see your face, to hear your voice, to obey your words. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing when God uh, decomposes us. We try to keep our composure as people, as adults, as, you know. And it's a beautiful thing when we lose our composure in the presence of God. And He doesn't look down on us and He doesn't say, oh, your hair is not done or your makeup's running or, you know you're not wearing the right clothes or you know your voice is out of tune things like that you know he, he it's a sweet fragrance to his throne we're so privileged so privileged so privileged to call him our father and our friend you know this morning as we were going through the the uh this week, Holy Week, the, the Thursday of Holy Week, um, you know, God just poured out His conviction in our, in our home, in our lives. And this whole Holy Week has been full of conviction and full of confrontation, confronting the sin in our, li- in our hearts and our lives, confronting the hypocrisy in our hearts and in our lives. Confronting the motives that we have for what we do. And this is part of a process of being holy. Of becoming holy. And uh, it's a beautiful demonstration. It's a, a scandal of grace. How... Our father decided to teach us how to be holy. He sent his son to die. Perfect. Perfect. But he sent his son to die on our behalf. How great a love. How great a love. If you have your Bibles this morning church let's go to uh, Luke um, 22 um, this is one of the main uh, this is one of, this is the, the Thursday the, the, the day before uh, Jesus was crucified and in Luke 22 there are four things that I personally felt were relevant to my life and, and something that I, as, as a man, as a child of God, need to pay attention to in my life. And two of them are, are a reflection, two of them are admiration for my Father Jesus, my Father God. It's a very long chapter, but we're not going to read it all. Um, but in Luke 22, verse 3, it says, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. He went away and discussed with the chief priest and the temple police how he could hand him over. And... uh This is a a moment of betrayal, of treachery. I have a Bible that gives a commentary on on Charles Spurgeon. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me, I'll read it to you. It says, To all the professing church of Christ, and it says to us who claim to be Christ's followers, do not think yourselves safe because you are in the visible church." Do not imagine that even holding the highest office in the church can prevent you from committing the basest crime. We all possess the ability to fall short. And it's something that we cannot forget. And I believe that sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we focus on proclaiming the righteousness of Christ in our life and, and declaring the blessings and the favor of God in our life that we forget that we are very vulnerable to falling into the trap of Satan. If Judas, who was with Jesus for three years every day and every night, saw every miracle, heard every word, was able to betray the Savior for 30 pieces of silver, what am I capable of? 30 pieces of silver in those days was the cost of a slave. What am I capable of? None of us have the best preacher or teacher or evangelist. None of us in this world come close to what Jesus was. Yet, he was still betrayed by one of his own. One that he called close. One that he called brother. As we go down to verse 11, this is where Jesus sent uh, Peter and John to prepare for the Passover. One of the most important holidays or rituals for the Jews, for Jesus's religion was a Passover dinner. He said, tell the owner of the house, the, te- the, the, fo- the teacher asks you, where is the guest room? Where can I eat the Passover with my disciples? And in this, he tells Peter and John, just go to the, to the town there's going to be a man carrying something. You go to him and you ask him this because they were saying, where where do we go? You know, Jesus did not have any money. He did not have a place to lay his head. He did not have a church. He did not have a status. He was a homeless man. Yet, he was able to humbly ask for a room And it was prepared for him. Listen to what this says. Here is a Christ so poor that he has no room in which to celebrate the most necessary feast in his religion. He has made himself of no reputation. He has no chamber he can call his own. Yet see the Godhead in him. He sends his messengers to a certain house and tells them to say to the good man of the house, where is the guest room? Jesus spoke as his father spoke in in the Psalms, in the Old Testament. He says, I own all the animals in the land and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And Jesus spoke like that. But in the same sense, he was so humble that he sent and asked. He had anything at his disposal. Yet he still asked, for the room and as I reflect humility is the most prominent attribute that Jesus had do I have that or am I arrogant am I humble or am I prideful we have to be confident enough to be able to ask the father because he does own a thou- cattle on a thousand hills. But humbly. Humbly asked. Here we see the majesty of his deity, but we also see the humility of his humanity. Humility. Humility. First, we have to know that we are capable of the most heinous crime, the most heinous sin. And then we have to be humble. If we go to verse 32 of that same chapter, Peter, Jesus told Peter, hey, you're going to betray me, Peter. And Peter told him, I would go. To jail, and I would die for you. But he said, Peter, just watch out. The the enemy has uh, such anger towards towards you, towards those who do good. But in thirty two, he says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and that when you and that and you, when you have turned your back, strengthen your brothers. One of our saving, our, sorry, our saving grace is that He is praying for us. That He is interceding for us. That's the only thing that turns our mourning to gladness. That's the only thing that turns what the enemy meant for evil into good. God grants Satan permission to tempt us because He knows that He can overturn any of His decisions and that His grace is enough because He is interceding on our behalf. The intercession of Christ preserves our faith and we are protected by His intercession. The last point that God showed me this morning was Peter's actual denial and how Peter wept bitterly after that rooster crowed. After he realized what he did, after he made eye contact with Jesus, he left and he wept bitterly. It's a beautiful thing when we as children of God after sinning after recognizing our sin go and weep bitterly. Again um, this is a very convicting time but there's a a translation of the word convicting that, that is "convince." convincing and if you're not convinced of the goodness of God you're probably blocking it there's probably a wall up for whatever reason but our our response to sin should be bitter weeping you know I I can't help but think of the things that I do and then I try to excuse myself. I try to, oh, but that person did this. That's why I thought that. Or that's why I said this. Or That's why I went there. It's, it's because, you know, we, we try to justify the things that we do when our Father's interceding for us. And he knows that we're going to be faced with this. But he wants us to turn around and strengthen those people around us. He wants us to lift each other up. But we can if we're in denial, we can if we try to justify the wrong that we do. So, those are four points that God really wanted to brand me with this morning. And all of it shows me how good he is. You know, no son or daughter wants to hear that their father is disappointed in them. And I believe that as a church, as children of God, when we get to that posture, when we get to that revelation, when we get to that conclusion of the only thing I don't want to do is not please God, I think we're going to be a little more united. I think we're going to be a bit more powerful. I think we're going to see the glory of God come down. And it's not about screaming at God and saying, I declare and I decree the blessings. No, humbly, we ask you, Lord, to be with us. To commune with us when we, when you are in our presence, when we are in your presence. What can come against us? You know, I invite you this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is, whenever you're watching, to accept Jesus as Lord, because He's my saving grace. He's the reason that I'm breathing right. And then give back. Give it back. Give it right back to him. Enough with my whatever. Enough with the things that hold me back. I want to give my all to Jesus. Especially in a time like this where he was walking to his death. Yet he still wanted to have dinner with those that he was closest with teach them. And even though they argued about who was greater and who was better, he did not flip the table and say, don't you realize I'm going to die? He sat there and he endured and he taught them and he washed their feet and he fed them and he gave them to drink. Let us, let us be like Jesus. Put all the pride aside. Put all all the things aside. All our knowledge, all the things that we think we know, aside, and be there for one another. Amen, church.
3: Amen. Mm-hmm. Me.
1: So, for no, wall, for me um, today, there are so many different um, processes. With Judas Last Supper but what really spoke to me um, that God showed me was Mount of Olives when Jesus took Peter James and John and um, there's such a sweetness here of God's love and as we were worshiping God was just showing me a picture of Jesus in the garden and Jesus praying to the Father and this is the climax of Jesus's responsibility where he knows what he's facing, and he knows the cup that he's gonna take for all humanity. And um, in Mark 14, actually I'm gonna read it in a different version. Mark 14. Mark 14, verse 34. He said to them, my soul is deeply grieved and overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he was saying this to his disciples. After going a little further, he fell to the ground, distressed by the weight of his spiritual burden and began to pray that if it were possible in the father's will, the hour of suffering and death for the sins of mankind might pass him. And he's saying, and Jesus says this, Abba Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup of judgment away from me. And at this time, there's anxiety, fear, and pain. And this is a part in scripture where Jesus is asking his father, All things are possible, can you take this away? And now I'm just picturing God looking at his son as his son's crying out to him, asking "Like dad, can you take this cup away from me? And I just get so emotional because God just kept telling me love. He did this because he loved us. It says it in scripture. He gave his only son because he loved us. And then as we continue in scripture, Jesus crying out, but then it says, but not what I will, but your will be done. And for me, it's like at that moment of anxiety, stress, fear, panic, God's like, no, not my will, but your will. And that really spoke to me today because as he was in the garden and he was praying to the father. And as he was in the garden, it also says in John 17 that he prayed for himself, he prayed for his disciples, but he also prayed for all believers. So at this time, knowing that the next day or in the next hours, he was going to be arrested, he was going to be betrayed, he knew all of this. He's still interceding for us. He's still praying for us. And I'm just going to read in John 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. So he's speaking about the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and they, I myself, may be in them." So this was a prayer that Jesus prayed for all of us, for all the unbelievers, for all the disciples, and he was still interceding for us, knowing what was ahead of him. God just kept reminding me about love. And in Hebrews 13, we can all go to Hebrews 13. Well, in Hebrews, it speaks about how joy set before Christ Christ knew what he was going for and it was the joy knowing the reward, knowing the suffering, knowing what he was doing for us and today God just reminded me about love that it's authentic love, it's courageous love, it's love that Christ poured out, knowing taking the responsibility, not running away from the cup enduring the cup enduring our sin so we can have an authentic relationship with the father that the ter- that the veil is torn because Christ took that cup took that cup for us and today church i just want to encourage you and i just really feel that you know if you go back to John 17 and read line by line of what Jesus was praying is praying for us is interceding for us For us to know the Father, like Jesus' relationship was with the Father. And that love, and not just the love, but the glory. The glory that the Lord has given Jesus, but that has also given us. And I just encourage you all that today, as we reflect on what Christ has done for us, and I'm just, Overflowed with emotion um, because He is everything to us, He's everything to me, and we can't thank Him enough for everything. <laughs> and, and God just kept saying during worship, It's about love, it's about unfailing love poured out for all of us. He poured out his love, perfect love, cast out all fear. And at that moment, when Christ was fearful or anxiety, at that moment, all love casts out fear. Like he knew what he was doing and he put everything together and was like, no, I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to stay focused on you, Lord. And because he had that relationship with God. He walked with God, he prayed with the Father. He continued to pray, and he continued to pray for us, and he's still continuing to pray for us. He's our interceder. And I today can't, I can't thank him enough. I can't thank him enough. I don't know if you want to add anything.
0: I just feel like knowing that, knowing what is coming, I don't feel. I mean, I was kind of battling in my mind right now about praying, and I don't feel it's um, appropriate to ask Him for anything except for us to be reunited with Him. If I had, if if I was in the room with Jesus right now, in that at that supper table. I would feel so much shame knowing that he was about to die and asking him to heal my leg or provide my my needs or, or to take care of the, the COVID-19 disease. I would just want him to look at me and be pleased. And... I just feel in my spirit that now is a time not to ask Him for our needs, but realign our hearts to Him. Repent for the things that we've done wrong. And ask Him to make us one. Just like He is one with the Father. And thank Him for what He's done. Thank Him for what He's about to do. Thank Him for the price that He paid. I believe it's step one in receiving the blessings. We have to trust that he has everything in his control. But maybe just not today we ask. Maybe today we just reflect and we say thank you. And we ask him, what do you want from me? What can I give to you, Lord? Not what can you give to me, Lord, but what can I give to you? So, Father God, we ask that. What can we give to you? How much more can we do for you? How much further can we go for you? We ask for... Our hearts to be reunited with your heart. We ask for our minds to be fixed on you and focused on the price that you paid for us to be alive today and be able to have communion with you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And we love you, Lord. We love you, God. Yes. Let your face shine in us, God. Yes. Amen, church. Amen. Well, I don't know how to end this. There's no right way or it's going to be awkward, but we love you.